When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Play With Pain, hosted by Jeff Cesario. His guests today, if a volcano were funny, it would be this man, the great Lewis Black, plus bonus curmudgeon, the hilarious Jeff Stilson. They'll be playing around a worst gig in just a sec, but first... Time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Eggclectic. A dozen eggs, a dozen different birds. The Olympics wrap up in Beijing, although they could easily have been shot in an abandoned airport hangar in Duluth. I've seen more of the actual China at P.F. Chang's. The ski moguls final held in Johnny Weir's hair. The women's figure skating final had more crying than an Ann Archer film festival. Those Russian coaches, they make Dick Cheney look like a deadhead. I tried to call child services on him, but the Chinese operator said, eh, we don't have that kind of thing here. That wrap-up sponsored by Dick Tucker's Women's Clothes for Men. College hoops brawl at the end of the Wisconsin-Michigan game over which state had the wackier Republican Party. Even the NBA All-Star game cannot stop me from doing a Lakers joke. The Lakers are so old, their highlight reel includes two scat scans. That item sponsored by Nanazon Prime. Now get that stale butterscotch candy from Grandma overnight. Daytona 500 won by Austin. Austin Sindrick when Bubba Wallace was carjacked in turn three. PGA LA Genesis Open won by Joaquin Neiman. Tiger Woods took an Uber home this year. And finally this week in sports history, the date 2016. The place Daytona, Florida. In the closest Daytona 500 ever, Danny Hamlin beat Martin Truex Jr. by one one hundredth of a second. Said Truex, I shouldn't have had that second ham steak. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by the Dollar Confederate Statue Store. Now, here's your host, Jeff Cesario. Thank you, Chet. Fantastic update. My guest today, two uh, men who give fomenting emotions a good name, the great Louis Black and the great Jeff Stilson. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you look bright and cheery, Louis. <laughs> Yeah, no, things are really good. Here in my hotel room, it's really great. You can see the art on the walls and stuff. There's a real 
Yeah, it's positively <laughs> chirpy there. Uh, yeah. It looks like you've been recently kidnapped. That's what it... it, it well, it feels <laughs> like it. It always feels like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's Nobody do, send, I, out a, send out a thing trying to get me back. <laughs> sure, right. Maybe a, a newspaper. Do they even print newspapers anymore? How do you uh, uh, convey the date when you're kidnapped nowadays? Well, they do print newspapers. They're just uh, like six pages long, but they print. I mean, we were in we were, the Modesto paper yesterday or the two days ago was is out and it's it's twelve pages. Sure, the and Modesto four, B, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four pages uh, are sports. So you know they've got to keep up with local sports. So now you you're back on the road. You guys are touring together. Uh, well, how you, go ahead. I'm opening for Lewis. Okay. <laughs> We're not really touring together. So, <laughs> bit of an asterisk there. Big difference, yeah. <laughs> that won't go into the record books, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how are you handling the pandemic? Well, I have a hunch, knowing mm-hmm. where Stilson's coming from a little bit uh, and where you're coming from, Lewis, that it's there are slightly different pages of an approach to uh, coming out of the pandemic. But, but, yeah, I mean, um, you mean in terms of comedy? In terms of touring, comedy, and overall, uh, as they say now, macro approach to uh, the to the pandemic. You took some time off, right, Lewis? Oh, yeah, we, we took lots of time off. Yeah, like we went five hundred days between shows. Yeah, that's a bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, that's kind of when the theaters it wasn't that. Yeah. That was kind of the, the standard date was yeah. Mar- uh, March 13th, and then theaters started opening up again in, what was it, September or something, Lewis? Yeah. 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 And, it, and part of it was, uh, well, we went, we did a show in, in June uh, of 2021, I guess, and that was, or 2020, no, June 2021 at Chautauqua outdoors that was the first show that we did and um the thing is is that i you know what's he gonna do i'm not gonna do that zoom fuck comedy shit no <laughs> that was gonna happen that was madness that's insanity I, mean, I just kept calling it you know hollywood squares without paul lynn it was you know really yeah. to sit there and watch these or go to a, a drive-in movie th- theater no <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, you know what my comedy needs? Some sort of technical gap between yeah. my joke and the response. Yeah, and then, uh, and then people were doing it before, you know, um, I was invited to do certain shows that were, you know, before the, uh, the vaccination. You know, we're going to do them outside for socially distanced. No, yeah. no, no, I'm not putting myself. I have just you know, basically practically destroyed my mind in order to protect my health. And right. now I'm going to go and kind of maybe see how this, uh, if, if I can do this outside. No. Yeah, I, I, really don't, uh, I don't see you uh, at a, at a uh, drive-in movie theater. Uh, <laughs> no, that was the one of the, it was Gaffigan who kind of said, Gaffigan did it once and he said, you know, uh, you can't, you don't, you, you, they honk instead of laugh. I think that was that was what the quote from Gaffigan, and if not, I'm going to take credit for it. So uh, either either way, it's a winner. Um, But uh, I was not um, 
I just was not going to. And also, you know, I'm, uh, you know, the thing was, is that uh, I was, uh, I have an underlying condition and uh, I'm old, yeah. which I didn't know until the virus came along. Until then, I had no idea I was considered old. And uh, and so I was going to put myself into that, into harm's way. I mean, what do you know? And, and I really needed to get to the point where I had this, some idea of what the fuck I was going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. His underlying condition is he's a miserable fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there did. Uh, the, the, the pandemic certainly drew a line in the sand because up until that line, people would come up to, to me and go, well, you look fantastic for your age. And then after that line, it was like, Oh, don't go out. No, you can't, you cannot go out. <laughs> So, so are the crowds uh, com- like completely receptive to virtually anything at this point? Are they mad to be out? Are they just crazed? Are they timid? What are you feeling? Well, I think they're, uh, I mean, I think that they're uh, really uh, thrilled to be out, you know? Yeah. No, they really are. Uh, there's a, um, because some of their reactions to things, especially early on, the the, the first few shows uh, that we were doing, they, there was a you know there was a hyperness to you know they're like they they're laughing before the joke you know it's yeah. uh, it, it, there's an excitement, I mean and they're, they're excited about being out and then um, and I think that's really uh, and it's still you know like we were playing we played a couple of places recently where you know shows have just kind of started. And they're just starting to get audiences back. And those people who are showing up are very excited. You know, once we, and that's kind of been amazing, you know. Yeah. They're, they're especially thrilled when I come out before Lewis. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They get, they get really excited. You can hear them scream at each other. Who is he? Who, what's, what's his name? But in a very upbeat voice, because they're yeah. happy to be out. Gosh. So. Do you guys do any writing on the road together when you're together? Ideas, spitball on the bus? Because let's be honest, the, as as big of a drag as a tour bus can be, there's still kind of a magic to it. It's still part of what you envisioned when you got into show business. Oh, this is cool. I'm making a living on the road. Uh, yeah. You guys, I know you get along. Do, do, you, do you spitball? Do you, do you we get, actually, we spitball. We don't talk. We actually see who can spit a little tiny thing of, of, of paper further. The and, old and hollow big pen. Really good at it. The bus is not miserable at all. The bus Great. is fantastic. I mean, we do. We talk about stand up, but we also we watch sports on the bus. Yeah. Is that we, to avoid uh, your uh, a radical political opinions, Jeff? Well, it's to avoid. Uh, it, it's, it's it's to avoid um, talking about uh, real things in life. Yeah, you know, sure. really. Who wants to do that? Uh, yeah, right. you know how how many you know how many minutes do we want to devote to our loneliness while we're sitting together? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But we've watched oh countless hours of sports together. Yeah. So the Olympics uh, must have taken up some of that time recently Ugh. not a lot no well, no jeff is here's where we here's like a political difference curling yeah jeff is fascinated by this sport uh, because yeah. he he likes 
his his concept of joy, I guess, is sweeping. Yeah. On the floor. And mine, I sit there. I used to watch a lot of women's curling. Um, it, uh, it, but that was during like off seasons. Right? Wow. <laughs> off season women's curling. Well, because during that, that before baseball season starts uh-huh. and uh, basketball season, but during that February, but around now, you know. Sure. Uh, but the dead, I, I just, the dead it, zone. Yeah. There was so much curling on. It's not like I'd sit there and dwell on curling, but there was never that much curling on that I remember. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's uh, uh, zoomed up the charts in terms of the ratings. It oh, is. A, it is. It is. I can see why Stilson would like it, because there's there is lots of sweeping and no physical contact. It's like a Lutheran sport. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect for that. But that might be one of the most tragic declarations I've ever heard in my life. I spend a lot of time watching women's curling. Lewis, you should be really ashamed of yourself. No, I didn't say a lot of time. I said I spent a bit of time during that off that downtime when there's nothing else to watch yeah. sporting-wise. Sure. And they started throwing up like the women's curling championship and you'd stumble on it. Yeah. It beats much in Jimmy Swaggart. <laughs> oh God. It is. It is pretty fascinating curling though. You have to. Yeah. That curling chunk sponsored by new wiener pills <laughs> directly from Ted Nugent. Thank it, you, is sad. it is sad that I would watch it, and it's. But that really kind of put me off. But I'm not good for more than eight minutes of watching it. It's like, and then yeah. it's like, then you got to bail. You know, then you kind of got to get out of there. But uh, uh, I mean, it's like you know, it's like watching a kind of a young, young. Oh boy, the, look, the young people are playing shuffleboard. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> how do you get around that? How do you not see that for what it is? You just uh, want to call a spade. But, a spade. Do, but I will say that Jeff and I do. Jeff has been very helpful in terms of uh, when I do a special and then and it, in terms of the arc of the way a special should go, where you move, take this section, move it here, Lewis. You know, I mean, we uh, kind of um, and I've told him I've reminded him of bits that of his that he's dropped along the way that I think are really good. And that uh, so I think that we do do a certain amount of that we help each other in that fashion. And we, and just being, being on the road with somebody whose humor you enjoy that we, it kind of yeah. keeps you, you know, and, and, and since not working for so long, I think uh, it, it really helps immensely. Uh, so it could literally be just two older guys talking on a park bench, but then you go perform. That's the, that's. Oh, the, there, there's definitely that element. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Just a lot of grumbling and mumbling, and then you go do it in front of people. Yeah. And then it's like, and then it's really, oh, you're going to eat that now? There's that kind of discussion. Sure. We did, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I love to, uh, <laughs> I love the presidential museums around the country. And so every show, just to <laughs> irritate Lewis, I usually start with some joke about a president. Yeah. And uh, we were in Turlock on Sunday, and I had this, what I thought was a brilliant chunk of material. And it was about, oh, God, I don't even, I don't even want to say now. But no, I want to hear I it. I died miserably with it. It was about, you know, if, you, if, if you're, I can't. I don't I, know what to say. I'll tell you, the, it lasted, it was the short, and it was great because he did something. <laughs> That I do, and that I think any comic with any common sense does, which is you start something, you realize you're burning, the plane is burning, and you have to jump. And so he was no more than, I would say, 
uh, less than a minute into the yeah. It was a role play for couples, and it involved wearing a, a stovepipe hat and uh, and then pretending you're George Washington and telling a lie and then getting punished for it. But I didn't make it to the George Washington part because the stovepipe hat part bombed so horribly. And it's always nice to hear the, the cackles coming from the side of the stage. <laughs> sure. Watching it God. Well, so, my God, it was just such silence. But he did. But at least he didn't try to drive the truck through. You know, no. the, the, yeah. He, he, uh, so both engines caught fire at the same time, and he just said, yeah, oh, the hell with it. I'm ejected." Yeah. <laughs> Not didn't catch fire; they exploded. <laughs> yeah. Was, well, this may roll right into it because uh, uh, you know one of your worst gigs may have indeed been in Turlock, but. Uh, Oh, it was a fun gig. It was a great gig. Oh, I mean, fantastic. it's just that. And we found out that there was a place that actually exists that is Turlock because nobody, nobody we came across, nobody, none of my friends, no one in California, no one anywhere. I'd ever heard I of it. I said, that. even Rand McNally doesn't have it on a map. <laughs> even yeah. even For those Google, in your didn't, audience. Yeah, Google didn't drive the uh, photo car through Turlock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, for those of the, in your audience who aren't, familiar with Turlock and want to know where it is. It's um it's next to Hillmar. Oh sure. <laughs> That's up in Northern California, I believe. Yeah. Kind of central, right? I'm taking it's a while. It's near Merced. Dress. It's gonna <laughs> it's near where the train is when the high speed train is finally built. Ah. Uh it's gonna go from Merced to Bakersfield. So they they gotta be right. excited about you know that. You know you're in a small town when you gotta yeah. go four town references deep before you go yeah. I have a general idea of where that is. That's impressive. Lewis, you have worked, uh, clearly, some tremendous gigs and also some crap gigs. And also, you've worked for Comedy Central. Having said that, uh, <laughs> uh, regale me with something that may have stuck out to you as, a, as just a horror of horrors. The- the, the, the Comedy Central is one that, uh, if we have time, I can just tell you. It's quick, but the, the but the, the the by far the most uh, staggering gig that I ever <laughs> walked into was uh, Nick's in Boston. Oh my god! So, oh, yeah, comedy club because I played catch a lot and I played all around Boston, and Boston was a, a great place to really kind of get you know. Um, it was like a great, it was a great place to learn how to spar in, in terms of an audience, you know, because they, and the guys, the, the Boston comics were like sitting around. It's like, you know, you, you, you know, you didn't do well. It's fuck you. You fucking, you come up here to do well, you fucking New York piece of shit. And, uh, but they were really great. You know, I got to meet, I met them and I got, you know, and I, I, I did all right. Cause I was, you know, like I was in their group of yelling and screaming and shut your fucking mouth. But Nick's Nick's was like nothing I'd ever seen. It was literally, you walked on stage. It was a wall of sound. It was like Phil Spector's wall of sound. Only it was howls and noises as if people were getting, you know, colonoscopies without any anesthetic. They were just, fuck you, you fucking stinking piece of shit. And it was like unbelievable. And it, there was no way to stop. Them. Yeah, it was, it was like, like a, it was like a comedy cockfight. That's about as yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I, it was exactly what it was like. And, and I had like, my, I had a young cousin who was going to school in Boston at the time. And his, he was just literally, I, I would look over at him and he was like, he thought I was going to get killed. 
Uh, he was he's like staring into like you know that wide-eyed kind of oh my god, but it was there was never a moment, there was never a break, there was never like uh, they yeah. didn't stop, and uh, <laughs> and when it finished, I did say uh, that uh, I would rather uh, had spent that fifteen minutes throwing meat at bears. I'd rather have been in a room with ten or twelve bears and just thrown the meat to try to keep them from eating me. Oh God! That was by far the worst. By yeah. the staggering that gig. My goodness! What's your Comedy Central story? Oh, I, we did uh, the Root of All Evil, and uh, and also Jeff and I did it. Jeff and I did uh, did a really uh, a red Red State Diary, Blue Red State Diaries. Yeah. We did a thing where I would go from Red State to Red State. He was the executive producer. We go out on the road. We come back with this thing. I think it's really good. He thinks it's really good. And they go, oh, Lewis didn't yell enough. He was, you know, if that was their comment. He didn't yell enough. So that's, thank you. Thank you very much, Comedy Central. The yelling guy, he wasn't yelling. Shelve it. It was really funny. I got drunk. It was funny. We were at Florida State. Oh, my God. Uh, we went to their... Um, the tailgate party. Sure. He threw me in with a group of kids playing football. I got, I was like in my early fifties and I was getting tackled by 10 year olds at a touch at a, uh, at a, at a peewee football game that they were having. It was phenomenal. It was just they went so hard at him too. They, I mean, they were, there were these little kids just hurling themselves. <laughs> and all he has on is a helmet. Just literally <laughs> targeting head first, targeting. Yeah. Lewis head Black. first, all of it. I mean, they're from Florida. I mean, yeah. the premise of the show was that Lewis, the consummate, blue stater travels to red states to try to understand the culture and then we put him in these different situations right, right. And it was it was fun it was a fun it was show. a lot of fun and it was so ahead of its time yeah it was 10 years before they really re- kept referring to him as red states and blue states and we were already kind of going right to it and then you know and the other thing comedy central did was they actually we did the root of all evil we did the two seasons and then they called up after doing two short seasons of that show and finally figuring it out and, and, and what we were going to do was, you know, how this would work. They, uh, they wanted us to come in and pitch it. <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, well, see ya. I'm not, no, I'm not yeah. psychotic. Yeah. I'm not going back in time. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, Lewis, that you and I had a thing called, uh, uh, layman's terms. Oh yeah. Which was, uh, Lewis Black sort of functioning as a, uh, uh, as as a basement professor, you know, he, was, he was working underground, and he was going to explain a different thing every week. And and Comedy Central loved the pitch. Then we didn't, we never heard from him. Four and a yeah. half months later, they called up and said, "We're interested. We want to do this." <laughs> Lewis yeah. and I went, "We're doing other things now. <laughs> We've signed up for other jobs." We had to make. Living, you idiots. Yeah, that's I've forgotten about that too. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jeff Stilson, uh, uh, even if it involves me, I know you've been in a lot of television rooms and a lot of stand up rooms. Does anything jump out at you where you go, where you get, where you get a deuce chill up your spine when you think of that gig? Well, looking back, there are, I mean, these are the stories you like telling. I mean, the bad gigs are the ones you remember, not the good gigs. But, but there was one in. I mean, I got five or six that I could tell you about, but, um, and they're all bad for different reasons, but, um, 
there's one in Vancouver, uh, no, Victoria, BC. And it's on a, it's at noon on a Sunday. (laughs) And this gig has been running or had been running for like 15 years. And what they would do is it was a weird ritual as they, all these drunk guys, clearly alcoholics, it's noon on a Sunday and they have the hockey game on (laughs) and they're all watching the hockey game. And then a guy just walks up. And I remember him, you know, it was, it goes so far back that they didn't even have a TV with a remote. The guy would walk up and just turn off the TV and say, it's time for comedy. And then everyone would boo. And then, and and then the MC would go on and they would boo him. And then they'd introduce the, uh, the metal act and they would boo him. And then they'd literally scream until the headliner left the stage. And one guy a friend of mine actually got chased off the stage and he had to, he, he had to run like three blocks before he could leave the drunks behind. Okay. But it, it just was kind of this weird ritual and it, it ended your, your week run on Vancouver Island. So you had to do it to you get to paid. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah those, and it, it, but it, it was, it, it wasn't something that they tried for two weeks. It was just, it became this, this yeah. ritual, this odd ritual. It of, was built uh, into the tradition of the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they looked, they went to watch the first period of the hockey game and then to, to scream until comics. So a, a weekend of great yeah. shows and yeah. then <laughs> martyrdom. And it, it is kind of a perfect <laughs> drunk activity, isn't it? To, to, to kind of work up to that level of hostility where you, you want to beat up a stranger. You gotta give him credit on that. Hey guys, that was sponsored by Stripper Pole, the fishing <laughs> rod that'll make him dance right into the boat. Thank you, Chet. Uh, uh, quickly though, it, what would Jeff? What's the worst network note you ever got? Because you have produced, you've worked on Letterman, you've worked on uh, on um, uh, the MTV show with uh, with uh, the uh, what's the guy's name? The crazy guy. The, Oz, Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne. Osbourne. Thank you. The Osbourne. Oh well, you helped create just, that. I can, you've I can worked do on Marriage Ref. You've worked on. You've pitched so many things. You've got what's What's a note in the room that you may have actually commented on or, you know, or and gotten up and walked out or, per, or perhaps you actually held your tongue, which I. Well, I'll do uh, just a do. quick. You brought up Ozzy Osbourne. It's the 20th anniversary of that show. So they're doing all these retrospectives. You know, and we were just making comedy docuseries. We didn't I don't think the term reality even existed then. But we did. We put together the first episode and we cut it to comedy. <laughs> And, you know, it had sitcom graphics and sitcom music, Pat Boone playing underneath it. We didn't right. want it. It was about a family, a functional family who uh, were just odd, right? And so we submitted it to, to uh, the, the, the geniuses at MTV, the executives there. And um, the, the note back was, there's no story, dude. Now, this came from a <laughs> 65-year-old woman. <laughs> She called me dude. And um, it's like, what do you mean there's no story? You've got this amazing family. But they wanted it to be more like the real world. They wanted it to be um, like, you know, they wanted to play Linkin Park under, you know, just horrible heavy yeah. metal music, which made it actually the show horrifying. Anyway, we fought the note, and then it was it turned out to be a hit. And, and the great thing about that when you get horrible notes from executives is that they – 
they negate themselves. They, they, after they give such horrible notes, they don't give any more notes because they know that <laughs> no one's going to listen. So yeah. it was good, but it's always just awful to, to, to be called dude by someone who's 30 years <laughs> older. than. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Lewis on the road for, I, Wow got to be several decades now. You've been doing the road a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a travel tip, something. <laughs> what sticks out to you after all these years and flying, driving, hotels? Uh, what's the one thing you hit every time where you go, I'm glad I do this. This is, this is a, a smart little thing that makes my life easier. Well, uh, I was going to say stay home. Um, but, uh, Best travel wow. tip, stay home. <laughs> stay home. That's your travel tip. Is, uh, uh, I God, I, I really have to think about that. It, 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 it's just, uh, it, it's, it's that thing of when you, it, 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 there's no way to describe it. It's when you figure out certain things. It's like um, you got to fly like flying every week. So you got to fly every week. It was like figuring out. What was the precise time you figuring out the exact time you could leave home and still make it to the airport and still get on the plane, the, you know, where you finally timed it out, unless there was weather things or something that you could pretty much created this reliability. So you would knock the, the whole travel time to get to the airport to 40 minutes. So the whole the whole road trip is more of a bad daydream then. It's just yeah. interrupting your time at home. It's more. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I did. I mean, I do have to say, I love going on the road. It's it, there are all sorts of little things, you know. You try to find, you know, really early on, uh, especially it was like when I went from uh, the the hotel room, the you know that kind of just uh, like the uh, the eight, the uh, you know the the motel six to where you went to like a. Uh, you want to step up to like an embassy suites or something. And all of a sudden you had a breakfast when you had a breakfast at the hotel it was like, God, you know, I got a breakfast here and that you didn't, you know, and you figured out how to, you know, squ- squirrel away some stuff so that you had it in the room so that you didn't, think, but you had to figure out how to do that without them catching you. Sure. The um, grease soaked napkin with two muffins in it. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, get it, uh, I'll get a text at, from Lewis, one in the morning, and it will just be breakfast until 10. <laughs> the the joys of the road. Uh, knows, the other joys will oh, go on. Go on, Jeff. No, I was just going to say, Lewis knows the best places to eat, the best hotels to stay at. He's never wrong. Um, the best local beers, the best wine, everything. It's 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 so much fun. It's yeah. fun to be on the road. It's it, yeah, you get to do the shows, which are great, but also it's um, you get to see the country in the best possible way. Yeah, but that that bus museums out there. That bus makes it. That's the great thing was yeah. moving. I mean, to be honest, what was what's the, the? I was lucky enough to be able to move to a tour bus because otherwise, I'd done the tour with initially with the Tell and Mitch Hedberg, which was a great tour. Uh, but you know, we were flying. You know, half to, to half to two thirds of the time, fly, go to right. a gig, fly, and it's just. But when you got the bus, yeah. it's spectacular. Yeah, you know, John just, Madden was was right uh, all these years. <laughs> he was really right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap up with 
a little bit of advice. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a that's a, a blank slate for the both of you. Yeah, <laughs> but if, yeah, if any yeah. advice for uh, for uh, Jeff, any advice for for a comic who's thinking about getting into uh, producing or writing? No, because everything no we did doesn't it doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> Right, it's like the way you're like asking a wagon train driver to give tips to a NASCAR driver. It's nothing. I mean, nothing. I used to say like, videotapes, videotapes, gigs, <laughs> and then I, I used to drive place. I'd drive 400 miles to audition. Nobody does that anymore. None of it even applies. This is uh, this is kind of sad, actually, having us on the show and asking us for advice. Maybe Lewis has something. I don't know about therapy or. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Lewis, for, for someone thinking about entering stand-up right now, is there anything you would you would say to them? Yeah, kill yourself. <laughs> there you go. You know, that's, it's simple, it's quick. You come back, you come back pretty much, I believe, almost immediately. Yeah. Please don't, don't write in to Jeff about this and bother him, and don't write to me and no. Buddy, about what I just said. It was not a directive (laughs) on any level for you to go and actually, oh, I want to be a comic, but Mr. Black said uh, I should kill myself instead. Okay, this was a joke, purely and simply. (laughs) But what I do think is you just, from the beginning, I've always said you just do it. You do it and you do it. You do it. You get up anywhere, no matter how many people are there. And you do it and you do it in front of five people. Those five people is the same as 50 people. It's the same as a hundred people. You talk to them as if there's a hundred people. I did a God, I did a goddamn New Year's Eve show in Washington. There was a, a, a show that because of some, there was some fuck up somewhere usually. Uh, and it was, um, there, there were two people, two people. And I said, look, you guys can go. You guys can go and I get it and I'll, you know, we'll work out getting the money back to you or I can come and sit at the table. And I sat at the table and did my, delivered. I did, oh, did five minutes of my act. That's right. brilliant. That's fantastic. Uh, Jeff, one thing. So, you know, comics will always ask for advice. I remember being, I used to be out on the road a lot. I think like 10 years in a row, I did 300 days or more on the road. Wow. And this is when I stopped giving advice. A, a young kid, I was in some small town somewhere. I think it was outside of Chicago. The kid goes, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing stand-up. What's your, what's your advice? And I said, well, uh, you know, in a small town, you're only going to get on stage once a week at, at best, right? I said, well, you got to move somewhere like New York where you can get on stage, you know, 10 times a week. And then he just started arguing with me. <laughs> Why would I do that? And he got really aggressive, like, that doesn't make any sense to move somewhere without a job. And now I'm defending the advice that he asked for. And it's like, I don't don't need this. Uh, That's that's enough advice in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, The the other thing, you know, the other thing, too, is with, uh, you know, that I that I've always said is is, it's what I did, uh, you know, because I didn't. I had so much trouble with the clubs when I first arrived in New York, you know, it would be, wait a minute. I got a, I was like 30 when I got to New York and I wasn't really looking to become a standup. I was just looking for some time. And they'd say, well, you gotta, 
be here, you know, three hours in advance and stand online. And then, you, you know, for, you know, this, it's the first 15 are picked, you know, there were all of these rules of catch and right. the improv and I was, no, screw you. So I find other rooms and I still think that that's what, if yeah. you're, if you're a stand up, you find two or three other kids who are breaking into it uh, that you enjoy spending time with. And you go to a bar that's got like a slow Monday and you say, we'll come in here uh, and do stand up and you do it for nothing. You know, don't even ask because what you want is the stage time, especially for that. And uh, and go find a place where you can start working on your stuff and then you can maybe work into something. And then and then you might start pulling an audience in and then you can go, uh, you know, can we get a, a share of the door? Right. And then you start charging. Because you do it for free for first, so that the guys got people coming in who are buying drinks, and and that's money. I yeah. think one of the best ways to attack it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what a blast to have you both on, uh, Lewis. It's great to see you again. I haven't seen. It's you great to see you, Jeff. And uh, follow Lewis on Twitter at the Lewis Black. Uh, and where can we see you guys? Where you? I know you got dates coming up. Let's plug them. Um, when uh, we're going to be in. Uh, uh, Napa tomorrow and um, or Friday tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. It's tomorrow. I might as well be tomorrow. Like, uh, we're in Napa. Well, you're I mean, in Napa now, so. I'm in Napa now, but we're going to be there Friday. We'll show there Friday, Saturday, Lolita, another place I'd never heard of. And, and then up to Reading, uh, where I'll be hiding, apparently, from uh, the, there seems to be a a, a big, it's, it's, they're, they're a little getting a little cray cray up in Reading. Um, and uh, I'll let that just sit there. Go online, read about it. You'll see. And um, uh, so we do those, and then we come back week after next uh, in March, like eighth, ninth, tenth, some shit. Um, whatever that week is after next week, <laughs> we go Concord, Boston, and um, and Providence, which is always fun. Wow. Con Concord, New is Hampshire. It New Hampshire? Yeah, Concord, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. He's going to. Yeah. In his pants, because there's so much history Franklin, up there. Franklin oh. Pierce, uh, Presidential <laughs> Museum, Boston, John Adams, and John Quincy Adams. Sure. So, so, great, uh, great, yeah. great I, I would, to look, look I would try the Franklin Pierce chunk there and see if it flies. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> oh, don't worry. For 10 minutes. <laughs> like you had to say it. I mean, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Real Jeff Cesario. My album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming everywhere. The Play With Pain mugs are up at uh, jeffcesario.com. Uh, I uh, may be uh, hitting the road soon, so uh, check the uh, check the website, jeffcesario.com. I may have some tour dates coming up. Chet, what do you have coming up? Well, if you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Collapse, Montana calling the 43rd annual interstate barehanded culvert hunt. Dorm fridge or wild possum, just pull it out and keep going. Sponsored by J.C. Penney, dressing homicide detectives for over 60 years. And Exasperilla, the soda that tests your patience. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.